this. This, this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. There's a couple things here. Um, Peter King, who I absolutely love. He's one of the best in the business. He has his um, quarterback. Uh, it used to be called Monday Morning Quarterback. Uh, I don't know what it's called now. That is over at NBC. But it's a really good piece of the NFL on Monday mornings that he puts out. And I always like to read through it because I'm like, man, he's just not talking about the Bengals. There's nothing in there. And obviously, there's a lot of storylines, so I understand. But I get down to the bottom, and he has Zach Taylor's the coach of the week. And I just read what he's able to do. And he says, as a head coach, you have to do two things in this situation. Your franchise quarterback goes down. Number one is you can't get this locker room to tank. You got to keep winning. That is absolutely huge for a locker room. Then you got to get your backup quarterback ready to play December football. And I think that is what we've seen. And obviously there are assistants in Dan Pitcher, who I feel is one of the most underrated assistants on the team as the quarterback coach. Uh, Man, A.J. McCarron went in and threw a touchdown pass, but it didn't count. Should have, should have been a touchdown. I mean, he he put the two hands on the guy, mm-hmm. but that's allowed. Like, he, I didn't see him extend his arms. I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't. It's just, yeah, it was just like, I know 40, whew, he was, <laughs> that man must have the worst balance I've ever seen. Or maybe he was flopping. He did a little nice little the arms were flapping. He took about seven steps backwards. <laughs> it was like, okay, that's he, he drew the flag and T laughed it off. Um, I think in game, and it was just like, yeah, that was kind of a ridiculous call. But I am team always commit offensive pass interference. It is rarely called, so 100%. keep doing it. One hundred percent as a wide receiver. One hundred percent. But uh, kind of just going back to what Zach Taylor's been able to do. A couple weeks ago, Zach Taylor was out, so it was probably right after the Joe Burrow injury. Do you still feel like this team is a playoff team? And he said, "Yes, I do." And a lot of people laugh at that, like, "How could you think this is a playoff team? Um, no, this is terrible. Your quarterback's down. You don't have a playoff team." And we kind of joked and said, "Well, yeah. What is he supposed to say? No, I don't actually think they're a playoff team. We really have six more games to go, and I don't know what we should do." Um, but I truly believe Zach Taylor felt that. I think he feels that, and I think you should feel that. And, yes, the AFC is loaded right now with a lot of 7-6 teams. I say loaded, but it's loaded with a lot of 7-6 and six right there in the middle fighting for those final wild card spots. But the Bengals are right in the thick of everything. And one of the things is, and I'll get to the defense in just a moment, but I think you you put that on your head coach. There was so many times over the last few years that we, we you know, I wouldn't say we, I feel like we've been pretty even on, on the Zach Taylor front on play calling and him as a head coach. But there were people just screaming like, he shouldn't call plays, he shouldn't be able to do this. And there was a reason I feel like Zach was very confident that he never wanted to give that up. And I think he's showing you right now, look guys, I can do I can do some things. I can I can show you what I can do. And he's doing it an impressive way on offense. 34 points in back-to-back weeks with a backup quarterback. You went on the road in one of the biggest Monday night football games for the Jags. It was their first game since 1990 at home. Huge primetime game for them to take advantage of on Monday night football. <laughs> it's not like it was the first game since 1990 they played at home. Oh, sorry. <laughs> a Monday night football. Sorry. Sorry, guys. They do. Even though they do play in London, they probably got it. Even though they do play in, no, even though they play in London a lot, you're right. (laughs) They do. They have a better record in London than at home right now. Um, No, sorry, I didn't mean to say that, but it's been a long time since they've had a primetime Monday night football game at home. That was huge for them. The Bengals went in and they were. It was a great matchup. It was one of my favorites of the season. Then you get to this Colts team, and honestly, outside of the pick six, the Bengals were in control the, the whole entire game. Uh, but but Frank Pollock, we'll get to him before we move over to the defensive side. Frank Pollock, 
another guy who everybody was ready. They were ready to fire probably 10 days ago, maybe a week ago. I'm ready to fire them all year. I feel like yeah. they want they want Whitworth to come coach the offensive line, even though he doesn't really want to and hasn't coached the offensive line. That's what you see though, right? Like that's the thing that drives me crazy is like when I, when I look at uh, it's fire Frank Pollock is like, who would you hire? And it is just some former Bengal offensive mm-hmm. lineman. That was good. It's like, that's, it's a different job. <laughs> Maybe as an assistant offensive line coach, that'd be good. But as the offensive line coach, because every offensive line coach is essentially also probably your run game coordinator. Levi Jones, Rich Bram, where you at? Mm-hmm. Where's Bobby Williams? I think Bobby Williams is actually coaching offensive line. That would make sense. <laughs> I think I saw that. I think he's a college offensive line coach. So that would be the one that actually makes sense. But like when they talk to other guys, like, nah, it doesn't really add up. And like Willie Anderson, I think people bring him up all the time. And like Willie doesn't want to. He wanted to at first. And then he was like, I, I like helping kids. And I'd rather yeah. do that than Russ. Anyway. I have been hammering that I feel like the run designs are sound and sometimes creative and good. They're one of the only teams that are running like that tackle trap play, the dart. Nobody else runs dart from what I see. Maybe the bills Um, there's like stuff in there and these plays are working really well. So they're hitting all this stuff that like works and they're, it's looking good on paper, but you get like one guy that messes up his assignment or the tight end can't make a block. And it's just, now it's a one-yard game. Instead of if that one key change just flipped, you're looking at what they're doing now, where it's like five yards, six yards, a pop. And I think the run game is sound. It's creative. It's a lot of stuff that goes towards this offensive line's strengths. They are not athletic. That is very well documented. But that's okay because they're running a lot of gap power stuff where they're trying to get downhill. They're not asking these guys to run. That was a big issue last year was they wanted to run wide zone because Frank Pollock's a wide zone guy. Brian Callahan, somewhat a wide zone guy, but Zach Taylor, definitely a wide zone guy. And they tried to run it and it just wouldn't work because the offensive line just weren't, they didn't have the horses up there to run. So they completely switched the run game. Now it's been more like this. And it's just weird that people like complain about the run concepts. Like, ah, they don't, they don't have a good designed run game. It's like, what the, do it's just they're not executing and if you want to put that on him okay my big thought is like free agents should be able to do stuff like that they're probably not going to play above or below what they're expected very often patriots mm-hmm. guys seem to always play below <laughs> for whatever reason but a lot of those guys you know like they leave and they're pretty much the same guy that's what you should expect they're the reason you get free agents is because you're not expected to have to coach them up and develop them um i think volson is the only guy and maybe jonah but no they're the same age so i should give jonah more credit that he's developing they're around the same age i'm not sure if it's the exact same i think volson might be like a year maybe a little less younger yeah volson was an old rookie and jonah was a young rookie so anyway i think frank's done a really good job i think this is a big test though we'll get more into it Mm -hmm. on the friday podcast but the vikings are a very unique defense and they are probably one of the most pressure heavy defenses and they're not even just doing it with zero behind it they do a whole bunch of stuff behind their pressures so i don't think the last two weeks neither one of those teams blitz very often but this week coming up 
it's going to be a lot of that, and it's going to be a lot of drop eight and only rushing three, too. So then you can get caught with your pants down trying to max protect, and then everybody drops out, and you go, well, we got three guys on this route concept, and they have eight guys in coverage. So that's not great for us. Um, yeah, but it'll be that's a big test for me. But yeah, I, I think, I mean, I, I think Frank probably has a job. I mean, <laughs> I think a lot of people wanted to fire him, but the way it's turned around and everything is working, we'll see. It's early to say that, but my first thought was like, man, they kept Jim Turner. <laughs> so they'll probably keep Frank. Yep. All right. Well, that's enough with the offense. We'll flip sides to the defense. I think it was the defense's. I don't want to say it, but I want to say it best game of the season or second best game of the season. It's up there for sure. I think stopping like, and you could point to some fluky stuff, but like holding the bills below 20 and the 49ers down. When you watch the 49ers against a lot of these teams, like, oof, they are running through them like a hot knife through butter against the Bengals. Not so much. So when they slowed those teams down, I thought those might be your most impressive performances. But yeah, this is up there for sure because this was a dominant performance where I forgot at first that the Colts scored 14, but only one of those two touchdowns came against the defense. The other one was a pick six. So this is a great performance by the defense and they forced a turnover. So they even still had that going for them. Great interception from BJ Hill. Unbelievable. Yeah. And Trey Hendrickson continues to play like one of the best defensive players in the league right now with what we've seen from him. It feels like that extension before the season just, and he was going to be under contract for 2024, but just adding that extra year just feels like such a smart decision by the Cincinnati Bengals. But when you look overall at the defensive line right now, guys like Joseph Asaya, Miles Murphy, and I didn't look at the percentage snaps when they were on the field, but overall for the D line before going back and probably watching too much tape, what did you think about the defensive line? Yeah. uh, I, I mean, it was mainly the Trey Hendrickson show in terms of what he was doing. Uh, I thought he dominated his matchup there against Bernard Raymond. Um, Joseph Osai, how many snaps did he play? I don't know. I'm going to find out. But um, I, there were a couple plays Miles Murphy had against Raymond as well, where he kind of pushed him back a little bit, didn't get the sack or anything, and development, not linear, so no need to – Freak out about it. Uh, Google says Joseph Osai made a tackle in this game. And I was trying to see if it had his snap count. But I'll find that in a second. I I think they're developing. They're development pieces. And he played 17. Joseph Osai played 17 snaps in the game. Um, it's kind of up for him. Well, uh, yeah, that's one of his highest games, I think. <laughs> So I'm going to check Miles Murphy too. But yeah, I like what Murphy's done. And I think he's stringing along. It's not always, you know, he had his best game a couple weeks ago when he had the sack and the pressures against Pittsburgh. Murphy, 23 snaps, 36%, which that's also pretty high up there, which is nice. But, you know, like Murphy's flashing and that's what you want to see. He's got two sacks. Um, Hoping, I'm hoping he can get up. What we set the number at? Was it two and a half, three and a half for him? We said three and a half. I think we basically said like three sacks, and that's pretty solid year from a developmental edge player. So hoping for one more sack. Um, but yeah, I've liked the flashes. I wish that he would have kept as good of a game as he had against Pittsburgh going, because I don't think he's had that good of a game the past two weeks. But I still think he's been solid. And I think that 
he looks like a guy that you should be happy about going forward um, for the team. And having a guy like Trey Hendrickson, I feel like is going to be absolutely huge just in the offseason going into next year, getting one year under his belt. Um, you know, we talked a lot when Joe Burrow went down, some of these rookies who were going to get their chances, opportunities. So we were looking forward to Miles Murphy was definitely another one of the guys.